Hi, it's Joe. Hi, friends. Aislinn here. And we want to welcome you to the second half of Season 3 of Dinner Table Talks. We are so glad that you are here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. having tapache to drink. Did you see all the people that are saying thank you for telling me about tapache? Yeah, like tagging people and hey, checking this out. And We have blown up the world of tapache. <laughs> it's so easy and it's fun and it tastes really good. It's a really good summer drink. And I'm always looking for something a little different. And I'd rather drink that than drinking alcohol just because it's something different besides drinking water, you know? <laughs> I have been enjoying my summer. I've been going out to the beach every week been going on Thursdays. Like it's been my beach day. Well, this week, my nephew is in surf camp. Mm -hmm. And so Thursday, this week, I went out and watched my nephew surf in Port Aransas at the um, Horse Caldwell Pier. He's good at it. Like he's six and the coaches will like kind of push him up on a wave. And Jack just pops right up immediately and surfs yeah now you can see him he's he's learning his balance and he's like using his arms but you can see him like doing this thing where you can tell that he's like starting to flow like you can see his body kind of like move like water sure when the coach puts him on a wave he's confident that he's got a good enough wave that he actually can ride it in of course they live out there on the right they're a five minute walk from the beach so they go over there he takes him over there and he really makes sense to let your kids do and teach your kids to do the things that are naturally available to you in a very specific you know that aren't available everywhere yeah the exciting part is you can tell he gets really excited and he's getting stronger yeah. because when I was there, he was paddling out and he was working at catching a wave and he would get really close, but then he would jump off. You can tell that it's because he wasn't confident enough that he had actually caught the wave because when the coach does it, the coach puts him on a wave. He's such a smart, cool kid. I really like hanging out with him. How long after the mechanics of learning how to kind of ride your bike, though, but you're shaky? And oh, you, yeah. Was it before you got real confident? Oh, my gosh. He's, He's at that be beginner good. stage, and yeah. are they going to put him in for another week? They bought him a surfboard. Fantastic. So he'll continue to keep doing that. Yeah, this going out there regularly has me thinking a little more about the water, and the water is so nice right now. A lot of times people complain about going to the Gulf beaches on our side of the Gulf, because they're muddy yeah. and they have a lot of debris in them and our beaches have a lot of debris on them. But we haven't had the same kind of turbulence in the Gulf yet. We don't have the same kind of wind that we usually have. We don't have any wind right now. And we're in drought, like a major, major drought. So our rivers aren't flooding down into right. the Gulf. That's where they release. Right. And so it's really interesting to see how blue and green the water is right now. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, we're being affected by the drought, no doubt. I mean, our big tank that we have back in the back that we have for the pasture animals to drink water out of. And of course, it's just a place where yeah, our whole, collect water. Our, our land holds some water. Yeah. Land. This is He's when you done. hire like a bulldozer or a backhoe to dig a big hole in right. your land. Right. He's done some pretty fantastic and intuitive land development, and I'm glad to have come along and I already, I'm seeing mm-hmm. so many things that I would want to happen, already have happened. He's already thought them through. He's already, you know, and, and of course there's a level of his understanding, the science and all of it, but there's an intuitiveness to, to land development and he's been working on that. So he, he dug that 
pond out when we first started developing land and they were building their house and all of that was going on. And then he added more to it. Over the decade, it has, you know, filled in some and we've had a lot of floods. And so it's been full, full, full. It's been full for like two and a half years, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Now it's empty. Not the whole pond because he has a system set up that runs from the well and like gives it some fresh water every day from the well. But the big back section that he built in was completely dry. Right. So he went to the effort to have somebody come out and take care of it and it make it. It looks amazing. It's fantastic. Imagine a big empty swimming pool waiting for the flood, the rains. Yep. We need even more rainwater catch where we like usable yeah. rainwater catch as well um, so that I can like water my gardens and stuff like that. Because you just planted a seed. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeds that need to be. But um, this year has been less than three inches of rain since September. All of my clients that I talk to, all my farmer friends, everyone is struggling this year. All the farmers struggled this year. And it has to do with kind of an, the whole of what the drought creates. When there's no water or seeds or living insects and different kinds of flying creatures around right. to eat, then animals have to find food and they have to find water. And so they're eating everything. Yeah. They're eating all the flowers. They're eating all the, you know, but when you have property that is developed with a lot of trees that help to create shade and there's actually some grass under the trees still and there's yeah. some places where you can get in and there's you're some green grass. You're thinking about the welfare of the two longhorns. The two longhorns and then we have two pigs in the back mm-hmm. back there as they well. They need green grass. Exactly. And he's feeding them, buying them feed and he's buying them protein blocks and salt licks and all those kinds of things that, you know, will keep them healthy as well. But we want to make sure that we're not, number one, we don't want to spend a bunch of money on those types of things. So these are all the things that are the drought are looking at, but I'm very grateful for the style of gardening that I do because a huge, huge, huge part of the reason that I garden the way I garden is exactly for a year just like this, a drought year. You've got to have a system set up to hold moisture in your soil. And you also have to have a system set up that is easy to flood your gardens with these times of year so that you can keep plants alive and you can keep your soil alive and you can keep the birds and the insects and the rodents from eating everything that you don't want them to eat. So it's been fascinating. This kind of drought, I'm seeing cracks in the ground that I haven't seen out here ever. Mm -hmm. The ultimate effect, I think you're saying, to the human is caused by a disruption in the entire ecosystem from that drought, not just how it's affecting us, but the reason why it affects us that way is because it's affecting every life form that's living around us. Absolutely. And to understand the interconnectedness with that is how we figure out how to solve the problems. But what's interesting is that we're, we're in a year that's had a lot of, not just a year, the last three years, but we've seen a lot. And I get the feeling that those of us that are intuitive gardeners and farmers and all of those types of things that are aware of this type of stuff are getting an opportunity in preparation to learn some things about weather because we're going to need to know it. We're going to need to be better at conservation. What would you do if there was a flood? What would you do if there's a hurricane? We're seeing it all. What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? Okay. How best prepared? How best prepared can you be? Yep. Last week's Asian dry rub dribs. Yes. I made a assumption 
And uh, now I'm glad I didn't ruin them. Remember I said that one of the ingredients was five spice powder and I didn't have that or know what it was. I looked up what five spice powder is exactly though. It's made up of five spices. <laughs> Star anise, fennel, peppercorns, cinnamon, and cloves. Mm. That's the missing ingredient that I replaced with spicy, spicy spices. It was good what you did. I liked it. The number five also refers to the five flavor groups, namely sweet, bitter, salty, sour, and umami or pungent mm-hmm. that they're trying to collect with those five different things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's the thought, cool. The thought is that by achieving balance among these flavors, wondrous things can happen. I'm going to get some five spice powder. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me that cooking is just 10,000 hours. The more you do, the better you get. The more you do, the more you learn. I'm changing my philosophy on the 10,000 hours thing. Oh, go ahead. I think that 10,000 hours on top of being naturally into it gives you the upper hand in gardening for me, cooking for you, you see? Or anything else for anybody else. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So you need the intuitive... You need the... That's just like maybe a head start. It's the calling. It's the purpose. It works. It's easy. You don't mind spending 10,000 hours learning how to get better at it because you're already like inclined to it. But isn't approaching 10,000 hours or forget the number 10,000. That's a number. Sure. More education, more hands-on instruction. Isn't that hands in the dirt learning that you always talk about? Absolutely. But I think that it's important when I was over on the beach watching surf camp, there was a dad there watching surf camp and he had a shade and he asked me if I wanted to come stand and we just got to start talking. And I'm not even sure exactly how it came up, but the end of the conversation was him saying like, well, keep at your purpose. You know, I'd like to find my purpose, you know? Uh-huh. And when you hear somebody say like, I just have to find my purpose, it's kind of like that. And then I'm also hearing these conversations of a lot of people just saying like, you'll never work a day in your life. If, if you love what you do at Exactly. Work. And so I think that there's a need for more of that in our development. And no matter what age it is, it's kind of like Jack learning to surf. He's six and he lives on an island and oh, his those, dad wants him to be outside and he wants him to be safe in the water. So he's going to... Those gonna... surf camp instructors would tell you that anyone can learn how to surf mm-hmm. if, if you have enough hours at it. Mm-hmm. But that, yes, there are children that come to our camp and have a natural, intuitive connection with it that other kids don't have. We listen to Dave Chappelle talk about Duke Ellington school that he went to for artists is because giving kids the opportunity to try different things out, that doesn't mean that everybody has access to all those different opportunities. However, Within the access that they do have, if we're allowing people to, if we're seeing what, what people intuit toward, like what, like just flows through them and just works, then we begin to understand more about what their purpose is. And if we align them with their purpose at a younger age, whether they end up being a surfing star or whether they end up doing something completely different, it doesn't really matter. It's that we're giving them opportunities to run across things. And as we travel or as we take different classes, as we have different types of experiences, we pick up on things. Oh, well, what's their knack? Oh, well, their knack's never going to make any money. You don't know that. Let them continue to like evolve into this knack and begin to like transition that into something that makes money and maybe we are selling the wrong things. So <laughs> maybe we need to sell the things that humans are like flowing with. 
And then there are kids that are never exposed probably to their calling. Well, no, but I mean, there's a whole nother conversation out there. If LeBron had never had a basketball put in his hand, if Tony Hawk had never known what a skateboard was, I mean, these prodigy type humans that are working at a superior level. Yeah. Could we all be doing that if we had been connected with the thing? I think there's more of that available if we had. I think that... What if my thing is skiing, but I've never seen snow in my life? What if my, I mean, there's just right, some, exactly. some things aren't connected. I actually, we've been talking about this with the Dave Chappelle special that dropped last night on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's about the school of arts that he went to, the Duke Ellington School of Arts. I'm in high school, yeah. I was saying, what if you and I had access to that kind of education, right? I'm not saying that we didn't. We couldn't have chased after it, but for whatever reason, our particular lives didn't connect and click and align with some of those types of things. But the moment someone sees any kind of like prodigy type spark in someone, but even still think about the number of children we see doing really cool prodigy type sparks of things that they never really get led in a path to those types of things. I can think about kids that do great makeup and great costumes and things like that, mm-hmm. that there's no program or thing there's to nothing attach around them to, to yeah. really, you, you know, I mean, yes, you can attach them to the theater program or yes, you can attach them to, I think that there's some, some interesting philosophical meandering around people's purpose and how do we allow that to become, because I'm not saying that everybody in the world needs to be a makeup artist. But I'm saying that child has something special about this particular thing that they resonate with. For you, it's cooking. Okay, now we get you in the kitchen. You're like the performing cooker. You're just in loving it. You're listening to music. You're singing. You're cooking. You're flinging your arms around. There's pots and bowls and things spinning. I mean, he's like I, that. I look he, like the Swedish chef yes, from the Muppet. that's exactly what you love. exactly I, what I, I have. I don't think that I, I agree with that. No, it's okay. kind of fun. Okay. It's totally fun. You could take... 20 kids and put a guitar in their hand at age seven, but maybe none of them are Eddie Van Halen, but it requires the 10,000 hours to be really, really good at it. Well, and I think that what happens sometimes is parents push their purpose on their children. Sometimes that happens. (laughs) Because it's like, well, if I had been, if I had had the opportunity to learn how to play the guitar when I was a child, then I would have been excelling in blah, 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 blah. And so we push our child to play the guitar when our child doesn't have that vibe or flow for that particular thing at all. For the most part, generally, my child is, is a success when he or she pursues which fields? What are the ones that everyone says? Math and science, STEM. Doctor and lawyer. Yes, that's what it is. Anything in science, technology, engineering, or math. That's it. Then you are a success. Why? Because those are correlated with high incomes. Mm -hmm. Because the success is the high income you can achieve from pursuing those two careers. There are so many doctors, I imagine, that know that that is not their calling. And even if they have the nice salary that goes along with that, lawyers, same thing. I get back to the idea that everyone could be a Michael Jordan at the thing that they are the Michael Jordan at. We're just not connecting them up with them correctly. I don't, I don't agree with that. Cause I don't think th- if my thing is skiing and I'm not near snow, I can't be connected. Okay. So what if your thing is it's a theory. sitting and watching TV? I think that many, many people are trying to prove that true with the 10,000 hours. What if your thing is sitting quietly in the garden and meditating? So I guess my question is, what what is the proof that they're really, really good at it? 
I think the best of someone is relative. The best of someone. There now are we're shifting away to field. the the monetary value or the or what we reward that performance with. Now it's all out of skew. Mm, that's all relative as well. But we don't look at it from the flow of purpose. We look at it from these are the things you need to be prepared to do, and so these are the things you have to do. And it just so happens that every once in a while, a kid perfectly aligns that already showed prodigy spark, like Dave Chappelle that got picked up and is now at Duke Ellington School of Arts and is learning how to be a amazing speaker, basically. Right, right. It's interesting to be in an accidental conversation with a man on a beach about whether or not we can... Find your, find life your purpose, purpose and then connect that to 10,000 hours. And is it just about cooking or is it that you have a vibe with cooking and you want to spend all your time researching and trying new recipes and all of that stuff and learning about it. things like five spice powder, all of the little details that you don't know by gaining that knowledge, then going to pick it up, then beginning to incorporate, then learning how to incorporate it really is a thing that is an endless pursuit. Yep. It's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. I love it. And I love telling people about it. When I see someone post a question about food, I don't care who it is or what the question is. I go, you should listen to our podcast or <laughs> you might like our podcast because we talk about food and we talk about like the intricacies of food. I mean, this is our dinner table that we invite our friends to. Hey, son, I believe it was episode 1.50 the last time that we talked about fajitas. Really? We don't make fajitas very often. Well, I had picked up a perfect skirt steak. You got that one from Edelin, right? Andrew Edelin, Edelin Farm? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we bought some big old beautiful poblanos and some beautiful colored bell peppers. Yep. And I've got some beautifully delicious and colorful onions, purple and yellow onions. It's fun when you're an onion full gear. Well, the summer produce, man. Yeah. Even in a drought season, we've got some good stuff coming off over here. It was one plus one equals fajitas. One was that skirt steak. You forgot the other part of the equation. It was tomatillos. Oh, you used the tomatillo salsa. You said, I want Dang, to good. use those tomatillos I and do. those fajitas somehow. I so I Googled fajitas, tomatillos, and came up with a avocado tomatillo salsa that mm -hmm. is going into our rotation. Make this immediately. Okay. When we run into tomatillos again, I want you to make the gristmill tomatillo verde salsa. We need a knockoff. I need that. Well, this was not a chunky salsa. Right. It was blended. This was sauce. Mm-hmm. It was great, though. I ate it with my chips after. Avocados, tomatillos, and of course, when you get the tomatillos, those are the ones that come with that papery husk. Mm -hmm. So you have to remove husk that. cherries. Yeah, you have to remove it. I give them a rinse because underneath that husk, it makes the... Kind of sticky. Sticky. Mm -hmm. So I give those a nice rinse. But the avocado, tomatillos, garlic, cilantro, and jalapeno just in the processor. Mm, it was good. super, super simple. It's good. Cut up all those peppers that you just mentioned, including the poblanos, into perfect rings, mm -hmm. the onions into perfect rings. And I threw those into as hot as I could get it by cast iron. Mm -hmm. Tossed it for about 10 minutes to get blister all over it. Got my grill top as hot as I could get it, and then just did that skirt steak, which had been marinating for a few hours, two, three minutes on each side. Did you notice they were probably medium rare? Mm hmm I wanted to keep them tender. They were tender. And get a good char on them. They were very good. I liked them. 
put the meat in the gluten-free tortilla, then your blistered onions and peppers, and then a bloop of that salsa. That was bloop, good eating. Bloop. I had a double bloop because, mm. <laughs> You can have a triple bloop. <laughs> have as many bloops as you need. I'm here to provide them. <laughs> When we drink coffee in the morning, uh huh, <laughs> and you come in to give me a kiss, yes, I'll be kissing a fifty-year-old man. Yeah, you have loved tossing that number around over the last week or so. It's very yeah. odd to me. It's very odd to me too. I cried a lot today. You did? Yeah, I'm not kidding around with you. Literally? Yeah, you know me. I have not put a lot of value on the number of age. Right. You and I landmark birthdays. Sixteen, you get your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Twenty-one, you can buy a beer. Mm-hmm. Those have been long gone. But I had a 40. Well, that's just a round number. Mm-hmm. We make those milestones. True. 40, 40, big and round. I felt 30. I felt 40. But 46, 47, those were not big numbers mm-hmm. to me in my head. 48, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 49 seemed big and 50 seems very big. I get it. We did watch that Dave Chappelle special. It's called What's in a Name. Really, really hit for me. Well, so did his last comedy event uh-huh. it was a big deal i remember we stopped and like took time to like yeah. watch it you <laughs> speaking know? of stoppage real quick the funniest thing that happened between the last time we recorded in today in this home was when you uttered the following sentence me hey do you want to watch a movie and you're like uh, yeah i guess <laughs> you know like the way you present uh. <laughs> yeah, and i'm I like oh, oh if you don't want to watch a movie we don't have to watch a movie and you said Joe, I've got 12 days left and four more seasons to go (laughs) on this horrible show that you're watching. What is it called? Uh, Unreal. It's the production of a reality television program like The Bachelor. Or The Bachelorette. Bachelorette. So this is a soap opera. The Bachelorette franchise is basically, it's called Everlasting. Imagine if Melrose Place was really the set of a Bachelor type reality show. Yeah. It's well, actually great. How how is saying. your how is your mission? Are you going to get there? Oh, I don't know whether I will or not, but I'm enjoying it. In this season, they've gotten really crazy. In the first episode, they actually have like some pretty traumatic things occur. But in this season, they've taken it to the point where they're like walking on a stage and the women are walking on the stage and the men get to hump or dump, like Uh-oh. vote of whether they like keep them or not. And it's called the All-Stars episode. Uh-huh. So the ones that are getting humped or dumped the women are like all stars from past seasons and the men and they go to all these efforts the to shows, like produce this chaos and the all show's this. ethics are deteriorating as they continue trying to chase an audience in every single yeah i mean that's yeah. what the whole it's con- social commentary is just cutting social commentary it's interesting i find yeah. it fascinating and it's observation of human nature but yet with a production yeah. ability to like shift people when you get deep into a series because you like series more than you like movies we just know this yeah i guess i don't I, I think it's because they're in like chunks so what that means is that we have to find a series that we can watch together uh-huh. and then hold it for one another yeah yeah or I've got to come up, I've got to sell you on a movie to watch with me uh-huh. that is really, really worth watching. Yeah. So then what I'll do is pop in. I'll just sit down. I want to sit down next to you. I want to hold your hand and then, you know, maybe squeeze your knee. He and does this for like 10 minutes and 20 minutes. I don't make him sit there and watch a No, no, I, I want to do that. So I'll sit down. I'll try to get into your show. What's her deal now? Did he kill that girl or what? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. 
I go, that's Australian Dong right there. No. Because <laughs> he's from a past, I don't know, something I saw on Netflix. He's Australian and he was the character in that show. And they literally showed this big plastic dong, like this huge, like this is... Australian dong. He'll, that actor will forever be known as the Australian dong to me. <laughs> so then last night when I said there's a new Dave Chappelle, you were on it. We were on it. Yeah, I like Dave Chappelle. And this was, again, is him giving a speech, mm-hmm. talking to the school. He's at the school, telling his story of going to this school. Mm-hmm. What I've decided after I listened to him talk last night is that he's a philosopher. And if you go back in time, we had philosophers. Yeah. Philosophers were out and they made, they were comedians a lot of times. I mean, that's, yeah. what did, what was the term you used? A satirist. Satirist. Or a satirist. Yeah. And, and other functions of entertainment mm-hmm. when there was no TV or movies, you right. know, when. Comedian, entertainer, jester. philosopher, entertainer, jester, yeah. entertainer, satirist, entertainer. You had these people that could tell you stories about life, but they entertained you. And so you would listen to them if they were entertaining good speakers if they're entertaining you will listen to them we want to be good speakers on this podcast we want to entertain you so that you will listen to us and you're that but it's the philosophy part of it though well yeah makes this so interesting yeah rather than just because if we label it with what we know he's a comedian then he's only supposed to be in this lane and the lanes are no longer why so many lanes why so many like restrictive lanes it's this purpose thing it's exact same thing we were just talking about Mm -hmm. it's like oh well no they've got to be a comedian you know and comedians because a philosopher is not going to make any money yeah comedians do this very narrow thing that I understand Mm -hmm. what a comedian Mm -hmm. does well and he talked about that like he talked about giving up millions of dollars and going to Africa Africa and all of yeah. that whole story because he didn't want to do that with his talent gift yeah he wanted to do something else and he went to figure that out can i change this mm-hmm. can i make this exactly m- coincide with the art that i'm trying to create i feel like that's exactly what i'm trying to do i mean if you look at oh the garden lady that's a podcaster that does live videos that teaches about da 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 if you look at all those things Okay, there you go. Well, now we bounce it back over to your stuff that you're into. See, I and... went to a gifted and talented elementary school. Mm-hmm. And he was when he was describing coming from the neighborhood that he had been in, which he describes as being he didn't feel safe, it wasn't good. And he got this once in a lifetime for him shot, you know. Right. Yep. And he had the talent to fit their requirements to attend. He saw a door opening, and for whatever reason, nothing stopped him from stepping through that door. And he said, when I walked through the doors of that place the very first time, it was Nirvana. Mm -hmm. It was art on the walls that my fellow potential students had created and is to be displayed. You could hear horns blowing through the hallways as people were perfecting instruments, that these kids were connecting with potentially a purpose that is so underserved in the public school system. Or just... Or very narrowly cast. Well, one of the things that I like the best about what he kept saying is, is that we were weird. We were weirdo kids. Mm-hmm. We were just out there. Yeah. And so because we were all weirdo kids, you were just allowed to be a weirdo kid. Letting kids be weird until they figure out what actually fits them. I, I rewatched that today. In, mm-hmm. in my lunch hour. Is this what made you cry? And I wept. Uh, okay. And I wept. This and and I'm going to try to explain why and come back to the collision of all these feelings about turning 50. 
And your purpose? Coming oh my God. So a few people are getting together, right, to celebrate. And a group is coming down that are, you know, I've talked about them so many times. My high school chat group. Mm-hmm. These closest, closest friends from high school. A few of them are coming down. And, you know, new friends and old friends and my Me. beer friends and my family <laughs> and catering spaghetti and meatballs. Yep. Because, you know, it's my favorite. Gourmet phase cooking us Even some though it's got red sauce that is not your favorite thank you love oh and it was your idea me. to put the godfather on the screen as the party movie with the mm-hmm. sound down and the mm-hmm. subtitles on mm-hmm. some of joe's favorites i get it yep and thank you it's gonna be so much fun yeah but these high school friends went with me to this elementary school mm-hmm. i don't know it's got me thinking so much about what was the connection supposed to be what was that and i knew what it was you are a voice there's no doubt about that. You are a voice. I know, but th- but you're trying to match another person's thing, and that wasn't my thing. No, I don't mean that. The the thing that I didn't have the courage to go do, I... So what was that thing, then? Film production. Okay. Because when I, I went to college... I should have gone to USC or UCLA, but I did not have the guts to do that. I told them what I wanted to do. I was very clear about it. It's still the same thing I want to do, and I've always said that. And nobody even understand what to do with me. I want to talk to people they didn't know what to do with someone that wants to talk to people right what do we train them with well dave chappelle all he said was he said i want to be a comedian right but i think it was the same conundrum for you if all i want to do is talk to people and exhibit my ideas what are the things that you go to the career fair to sign up to do and be yeah, able to do that. Me to do a newscaster. Ugh, newscaster. Right. I mean, what are the career paths that exist? Right. Well, but if you don't align with that, you don't want to be a newscaster. A pharmaceutical rep. No. No. That's not what you want to do. No, that's the, these but you are talk the things to people. that talk to people. Right. And what do we do to train somebody who's saying, I want to talk to people? But I think that social media and the pandemic fast forwarded all of that. There are people getting paid all kinds of money to just share their thoughts. To talk to thoughts. people, absolutely. It's the connection thing. Yeah, to find the ones that resonate with you, to be a magnet. And it's also a wide voice. landscape. I mean, there's so many things to find that it's difficult to find some specific things. Why didn't you follow your purpose? And, and what is the real purpose? Okay, is um, it film producer? Is it... Well, film producer was the category that made sense to me, given what I knew about myself. If they put you in that category. Well, it's really easy to say, well, I didn't do that thing, that thing. And it was that industry. I mean, come on. You know how much movies as art is important to me, and I connect with it, and I want to pursue it, and I want to learn about it. I think there's some fantasy in there that is not completely aligned with what I see Well, do you want to hear the answer to to the question? Yes, I do. Fear. Fear is what keeps us from doing anything. So you're that we still would afraid like of your do. purpose? Why don't you oh, align? Oh, well, now with I your... feel like that ship has sailed. Then it's not your purpose. Hold on. In the typical career path that you see in that industry. Correct. I actually think you've aligned with a lot of things related to that particular purpose that aligns with that job. You are very creative. I mean, that's why we're together. I don't disagree with you. Mascot in high school. Oh, that's the, Come I, on. Hold on. The, the tears, the weeping had nothing to do with pity. Self-pity, <laughs> self-hatred, degradation. Oh, you missed your chance. Da, 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 da. What does it no, have to do that's with it then? I don't exactly know, but if I had to guess, it would be, Joe, do you still have fears today that are 
separating you from anything else that you want to do. Because that was a big, big left turn. And the story about why I made that decision is a little bit deeper and things that I'm very much looking into right now. Mm-hmm. Very much looking into things I have not talked about. Our life is an open book. No, it isn't. There are things going <laughs> on that I have not discussed. Uh-huh. The health of my mother, I will say that out loud. Yeah. My relationship with a mother who is in 81 year old health. Mm-hmm. All of that in deep, 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 not only examination, but like, okay, it's here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's it's coming in loud and clear that this is. A big shifting point in your life. That and that someday the page is going to turn where it will be much more difficult to have a conversation about anything. If conversations need to be had, maybe they don't. Well, regardless, you're going through a transition, whether that is in 10 years or whether that's in 10 weeks, that's the stage of life your mother is in, Mm -hmm. right? And you, 50, which is potentially over middle age. Yeah. Do I have 50 more years in me? And I don't, unless I can overcome some fears that are clearly putting things in the column that one might do at 50 or 40 or whatever that number is for you. Am I doing everything right? Am I doing anything wrong? Do I need to boost some things? Do I need to excise some things? And there are things... Who gets to pick what's right and what's wrong, though? Well, if you don't want to put the judgment words on it, Mm. you know, if you... How close to halfway do you want 50 to be? Mm. And what's keeping me from doing all of the... Any of that? Excising it, grabbing it, Mm -hmm. dialing it up or down in my algorithm that I choose to participate in with myself. It's because you still have anchors. No, it's fear. It's anchors. The thing about it is, is that you've still got many, many layers to go. So yeah, it's fears. Absolutely. But the thing about it is, is that the reason that you're not releasing and letting go is because you still hold on to anchors. I know this for a fact because in the recent days, I have let go of some anchors. Yeah. And it feels freaking great, man. But there are still some things that you hold on to, Mm -hmm. that you punish yourself for, that you hold guilt, shame, humiliation, fear. There are some things that need to change. How do you change them? I think the answer to that and then getting into some specifics is a topic for another day. I just spent about 25 minutes giving a speech the other day to a group of executive women about the trauma that I've gone through in life, just to simply explain that there are steps to thriving from traumatic events, from trauma, from the anchors we hold on to, from the fear, hate, anger, guilt, shame, humiliation, all of these things. And it is A... Wake up enough to be honest with yourself and say, I've got some things I need to work on. Yeah. Like be willing to heal. That was a massive turning point for us. I needed you to say, I am willing to heal. Step one. Okay. Step two is we have got to go through some actual tactical coping techniques. And so when I was talking to the ladies, I was talking about different things that I did in the garden and different ways that we hands in the dirt learning and you get vitamin D when you go outside and you get some sun. And yes, you're also learning all of these tactical things that you do, these actual, like you're cooking in the kitchen and you're learning these different techniques to do these things, but you're aligning with something bigger than that. And these types of things are teaching the coping mechanisms. And then when you get through the coping mechanisms and you have them in place, they give you the freedom to begin to let go of some of those deeper 
deeper anchors, those deep things that are inside there. And then you change it from, oh, I've got a list of things I have to do in order to do this into a real thriving where you're in acceptance of this is the life I've lived 50 years. This is what has occurred. These are the interactions I've had with these people. Now, what am I going to do with the next 50 years of my life? And how does it feel to be free enough to heal and to learn coping techniques while I'm going through these healing phases and to then be able to get to the point of being so aligned with it and floating on top of it as you let go of more and more and more of the just, this is why I didn't go to film school, this fear. Well, it was because we had these problems and this thing happened or, I mean, Corpus Christi is the answer to most everyone that lives in Corpus Christi. The the reason we didn't do something is because we grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas. Mm -hmm. There was nothing available to us. Only the prodigies or the A grades or the... Wealthy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Got out of this and got to go do these other types of things. So we have to let go of all of these reasons and all this garbage that we're telling ourselves as to why we didn't well, follow I wanna, this. I want to be purposes. clear. I have come. I came to terms with that decision forever ago. This is not regret. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Because that you bring it up. There's still active art to be made mm-hmm. with this passion that I have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With this voice that you have. Correct. And you asked me, oh, you asked me the question the other night. Why don't you read anymore? Because you know I love to read. I loved to read. And I don't make time for it. Why don't I write anymore? I love to write. You need some help with the speech? Let me help you with that. I love to write. Mm-hmm. It's reconnecting with these things that make me blissfully happy. And I don't know how much, how important it is to answer the question, well, why did you quit? I don't, it doesn't matter. Sure. Let's just start again. Plant the seeds. Plant some seeds. That's what we talked about last week. Yep. Sitting in the bliss of the creative center of something. And I believe there's a collectiveness that's going on for certain folks that have done certain types of coping to get to a certain point. We're ready to thrive. You know, you're feeling some of that stuff burn off of you and you're, you're ready again. We're ready. We're moving forward. And there's some thought about the idea, and I said this last week, but there's some thought about this idea of like, we're in the creative preparation phase. We're doing our spring cleaning. We're cleaning the closets. We're pulling out all of our art supplies, literally looking around at stuff. Yeah. And maybe you're pulling out some old speeches you've written, or maybe you're pulling out some, yeah, Yeah. and looking at it, and Uh, it's it's not because that stuff matters, but it's because you're cleaning it up and going... No, that's just going... Prepping and planning for something that could happen. That's just taking the next logical step. Finish scripts that you've already started. Eh. Eh. If you didn't finish it 20 years ago, it's, it's not... You didn't... You weren't compelled. You were just doing something. No, 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 no. It's a good story. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? This feels like a no-brainer. If you were going to open a restaurant, what would the concept be? 
I guess the concept would be farm to table. I couldn't control or run a restaurant that didn't serve farm to table ingredients. I, yeah. could, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't. So that do would it. be well, but that would be like first that's, step. That's I've actually mean. thought about this a lot because I think that there might be some opportunity if I really wanted to have a little like boutique farm to table kind of store in Taft. I'd like to see where the next couple of years go with the stuff we're doing here on the farm before I even move that direction. But this is a seed we're planting, right? These ideas of things that could happen. And I can see a little like sandwich deli made to order boutique co-op grocery store. That's my restaurant. We used to go to Maine almost every year Mm -hmm. and Waterville is where my family lived, but Waterville downtown is a cool little, they're trying to develop it downtown. And I was so involved in downtown development because I created an anchor farmer's market for our downtown in Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. It's a college town. Get the downtown reinvigorated. And they had something that I still dream of, but it didn't work. Like after years of doing it, it got better, better, better. And then it dropped off. What was that? It was this co-op boutique farm to table grocery store. I think it's the co-op part that creates a problem. I think Politics. that yeah, yeah, I think and I've thought about that a lot about creating cooperatives and things like that. I think that I would be better off with anything I do even if it's just farm store here on the farm or whether we decide that instead we're going to find the right place to rent in the little small town that's right here as this little small town develops, sell my stuff in a farm store up there that I buy the products from other farmers and I sell them just like any other grocery yeah. store does. It's a little bit different than that because there were like classes where you could learn how to make soap, you know, things like that. And these are all things we can do right here on the farm. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's how we started. I'd rather open a decide. bar than a restaurant. Really? Yeah. I'm, but I'm not going to do that. I I'm mean, transitioning rest- away from alcohol in my life. Like Re- I can see that coming. Well, I could be like Sam Malone. Restaurants. Sam Malone. From Cheers. He didn't drink. Oh, are a lot of hard work. Yeah. And the concept that I would want to do, it is not time to do where we live. Hmm. So what's the point? I still like our nothing but pie. Oh my God. Now that would definitely work. A correctly constructed food truck farm with a curated group of food trucks would totally work in Corpus Christi. Ours is patented. You can't steal it. No, just please steal this and do it so we don't have to. (laughs) Just pie and coffee. Just pie and coffee. You have a commercial kitchen somewhere else, and then you would bake and store your pies, and then you would shuttle them to the food truck. Mm-hmm. You don't make them there. Mm-hmm. Now, the coffee, best coffee in town, romantic, end of a date, after a movie. That was one of our always biggest coffee. frustrations when we used to do that kind of traditional date where you would go and you yeah. know, look for dessert. You can't get pie in our city. You can't. Nighttime pie. Without going to Denny's. Denny's. No, thank you. No way. That date's not going to go where I want to if I took you to Denny's. <laughs> um... No, because now I'm like mad at the world because I'm sitting in the matrix of Denny's. I'd like to find my purpose. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.